0: Hey guys welcome back to my podcast this is your girl Seher, and I am back with my first ever episode and I'm super super excited more excited than I was for the intro podcast because what we're going to be discussing today is something that is I something that I'm very passionate about just because the fact that I've dealt with this my entire life and I'm currently about to turn 21 and I've dealt with this since I was 14 and Up until this point, I've had so many experiences and so many things related to this topic that there wasn't any other way that I could start off my podcast series or my episodes without mentioning this at first. So without further alluding to it, I want to talk today about mental health in the South Asian community because I feel like as a whole the South Asian community often tends to neglect this because it's apparently not as equal to physical health although your mental and your physical health are the most important things and they are both on the equal platforms you have to have your physical you know physical health good and you have to have your mental health good because if there's an imbalance with one it's going to cause an imbalance in the other and I think that is the one thing that I want to stress as much as I can in this podcast is that mental health is so 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 very important and if you are someone that is dealing with mental health issues or concerns reach out to a friend a family member someone because I assure you that if you don't step out and have that conversation you will continue to live in that anxiety and that fear and that is not a great way to live you want to be able to come to terms with whatever concerns you are having and that is something that I really want to pay forward and if I can help you go through that next step and actually go ahead and have that conversation because it is so 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 important and vital to being on the road for recovery if you are someone that is dealing with a lot of mental health concerns. So without further ado we're going to get into my story and I'm going to just you know share my story um, from the beginning and from my very 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 first panic attack that I ever had and then we'll go into my high school life because over over time in high school it progressively got worse. So Without further ado, let's get started. So when I was fourteen, that's when I started high school in ninth grade, and at the time, like I knew nothing about mental health. Like it was just not a conversation that me and my parents had, or a conversation that was you know open in the first place to have, and. All I knew about depression was the fact that it happened to adults. And adults were the only people that could apparently get depression. And, like, that's the kind of idea I had in my head. Because I had watched so many of those, like, you know, ZTV and Ajtak, Not Ajtak, but um, ZTV and Sony shows that would show that only the adults would have, like, depression and even then like they wouldn't call like they had depression it was because like you know the wife's husband died and she was in her room like crying all the time and not eating or whatever right and so that is the idea that I had of depression in my head that it couldn't happen to teenagers like me like it was just not a thing for teenagers to have and it was only related to adults because apparently like adults had all the reason To be depressed, right? And at the time, like, I didn't know what depression or anxiety was either. Like, I didn't know what anxiety was, much less depression. And with that idea and with that belief in my head, like, I never knew that, like, that's what it would come down to, right? And I remember my very first panic attack that I ever had. And at the time, I didn't even know it was a panic attack. At the time, no one really told me that that was a panic attack, no one really kind of confirmed to me that it was a panic attack. But That's exactly, like, what it was, and this was the starting of my whole mental health journey that I was about to go on that I had no idea that I, you know, I was about to go on. But anyways, so my very first panic attack, what had happened was, you know, like, how everyone comes back from summer break and everyone's you know like different and especially when you're starting out high school and you're starting out ninth grade like everyone's like just graduated middle school and everyone kind of thinks they're elite and they're like you know top dog for entering entering high school now and you know I it was like the second or third day of school starting and I was going out of these like um door this doorway right and I saw someone that I hadn't seen in like little over two months and this person and me had a bunch of history together and I hadn't seen this person in so long and when I saw this person I guess it triggered something in me to react in a way that was uncontrollable for me like I had never experienced something like this before so it was a very new experience for me and automatically you know I took a big breath in and I couldn't stop breathing heavy after that like I was breathing heavy I was crying and I ran through this um outdoor corridor thing and I ran straight into the bathroom and I sat there and I just cried and I didn't know why I was crying because I you know I genuinely you know up until this point I was super strong and confident and, like I don't know what would have caused me to act like this. And yeah, like, I was a little emotional on things and a little more sensitive. But still, nevertheless, like, I didn't think that I would have this kind of reaction to just seeing someone, right? I'm in the bathroom crying hysterically and whatever. And, like, people are looking at me. And this is, like, the third or fourth day. So, you know, everyone's, like, kind of like, what the hell is wrong with her? But... So a teacher came in, and she, like, took me, and she was like, are you okay? And, like, she, you know, she was like, okay, like, I'll take you to the nurse, and we'll get it sorted out. And she kind of just comforted me, and I'm telling her, like, you know, like, I don't know what's going on with me. Like, I was completely fine. it's was completely normal. I had a good breakfast. I, you know, I woke, I slept early last night. Like, I don't know what could have caused this kind of imbalance to me, right? Because in my head, it's like nothing, like, I'm, I don't know what mental health is or mental, like, keeping your mental self you know stable like I didn't know any of that and so I automatically tied everything to like anything physical physically wrong with me right and so I went to the nurse and the nurse was like oh you're probably overwhelmed with something and that's probably what caused it to you to you to react like this and it's completely normal and she kind of just normalized it for me and just said that it was just because I was overwhelmed and in my head I'm thinking this is the second or third day or fourth day of school. Like, what am I so overwhelmed about to cause this kind of reaction? And she was like, okay, well, sweetie, like, you're going to go home now, and that is it for the day. Like, you've had enough. Like, go home and sleep it off, right? And my dad came and picked me up. And my dad was like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I, don't, I really don't know, like, what's wrong with me. Like, I was completely fine. And, of course, I didn't tell him about the boy because what that is a whole separate podcast episode on its own like I'm just not not gonna get into it in this one but I couldn't tell him that like that's what had happened right um but I just said you know like I just started crying out of nowhere and I started breathing really heavy and I didn't know what what happened right And so he was like, okay, well, did you eat breakfast? And I'm like, yeah, like, I ate breakfast. Like, I ate a good breakfast. I slept early. Like, all the things. And he was like, okay, well, you know, it's just it's probably just something, like, normal and just probably something bizarre, like, that just happened out of nowhere, right? And it's completely normal. It's fine. Like, just go home and sleep it off. And I was like, all right, Dad, like, you're right. Like, I got you. Like, that's fine. I'll go home and sleep. Like, what else can I do, right? And from that point forward, I was having panic attacks every two weeks every two weeks or every three weeks I was having panic attacks and my parents and me were confused out of our mind as to why I was having these panic attacks because in my head I was completely normal I was completely fine and I didn't know why I was having these panic attacks and now it was it wasn't even that I was seeing this person or anything it was like random random like completely random and at this point, my parents were like, "Okay, well, there's something physically wrong with you, and we have to get you checked out." And then, I started going to the doctor, and that's when things just really blew it for me. Like I, I just I didn't I just came to the point where I started I hated going to the doctors, and I would go to the doctors, and you know I would get all these testing done and all this testing like blood work this this that and the other and everything would come out normal because it was all it was. It was, like, a mental health thing. It wasn't, like, a physically something wrong with me. And no one diagnosed me with anxiety. No one diagnosed me with having anxiety or having, uh, being prone to, like, certain triggers or whatever the case may be, right? No one... I went through so many tests and doctors and still no one diagnosed me with anxiety, which I feel like there's, like... That's a big disconnect right there, right? Especially growing up as, like, someone being Indian American, like, growing up in that way will obviously, for me, lead to certain pressures that I, you know, couldn't really face, and that would be a result of me having anxiety, and no one, um, no one diagnosed me with anxiety, and so I was going through all these testings and all these things, and nothing was coming out of it, and, my parents, my dad actually came to the conclusion that I just wasn't taking care of myself. Like, at this point, I was in marching band, and my parents were like, okay, well, it's because you're in marching band. Like, this is why, um, you know, you're having so many, so much trouble, and you're taking too big of a load on yourself. So you need to kind of, like, dial it back down a little bit. And still, I didn't listen. Like, I later come to find out <laughs> and later on in my college life that I am a perfectionist at heart, and I love for... I love for being, you know, perfect and trying to be perfect all the damn time. And which is not the most ideal thing, but at the time I didn't really realize that part about myself. But that was part of why I was having all these issues. So multiple testings and all this and still nothing. And at this point I'm just kind of accustomed to having panic attacks. And my parents just labeled me as being emotional and too sensitive. And that was it, like... I was just labeled as that, and that's, you know, what I dealt with, and I just accepted it as a part of myself that I would never understand. In ninth grade year, I spent in a lot of confusion, really, because I didn't know what was wrong with me, or I just always felt like something was wrong with me, and I had lost a lot of weight in ninth grade year, and I I just looked really different, and I just I started to really— um, put myself down because there was a part of me that I really didn't understand at that time and no one really came to tell me that it was anxiety and not even my school my counselors or I didn't even have a counselor like a guidance counselor like at my school was just someone helping you with your schedule like it wasn't even like you're gonna talk your stuff out like it was just like that which I think is also another big conversation that needs to happen is that a, a high school should at least have some kind of psychologist or some counselor that is there or has a job to listen to students because if my high school had had that I would have I would have been able to understand that I was facing I was dealing with anxiety right and my high school did not have that and our guidance counselors were only there for guidance on your schedules which is I think another big thing and also the fact that my parents and me never had a conversation about mental health and I think there's there's a certain type of thing that I put myself into or a situation or belief that I put myself into that because I was, you know, I, I am an immigrant and my parents are also immigrants and my dad especially had it so much different that so much like his life was so different than mine and he worked so hard to get to the point that he isn't now that I felt like because I wasn't going through the same experiences in life that he was, my feelings and my emotions and my anxiety was not justified. And at the time, I didn't even... Like, I didn't know it was anxiety, but I was still having these thoughts where I felt like whatever I was dealing with was so, like, you know, so small and not even worth it that I just started to ignore that part of myself and just started to suppress those emotions and started to just kind of deal with it in a way that led me to become super invested into always doing too too much and having too much on my plate because it gave me it didn't give me time to think about those things and if I would have a panic attack I would just kind of consider it as a normal thing and you know move about my day right and that is the one thing that has kept me so confused like if you know if I would have had that conversation like later down in life like I wouldn't have let certain things happened and I would have been able to deal with certain things better and I wouldn't have, you know, maybe I wouldn't have had suicidal attempts or maybe I wouldn't have had those dark moments where, you know, it was hard for me to find a reason to live in those moments and it all started in my ninth grade year and it just progressively got worse because I let it simmer for so, so, so long that it eventually had to boil over and when it did boil over it just wasn't pretty fast forward a little bit now I in 10th grade now I'm in 10th grade and 10th grade was a year that is kind of blurry for me just because of the fact of just the fact that like I didn't know what was happening in my sophomore year of high school like I just there's just a certain disconnect that is there from my sophomore year in high school but as much as I can remember is that my mental health journey was, like, still continuing and still, like, you know, after multiple doctor visits and stuff, like, all I had was anemia and all, you know, I had a potassium deficiency deficiency at one point, but that was about it, right, and actually in 9-11, on 9-11 in, in my um, sophomore year of high school, which was 2016, I want to say, actually not 2016, it was 2015, um, yeah, so twenty fifteen, of um, twenty fifteen, I was about to turn sixteen in September, and I, you know, I had a sweet sixteen plan and everything. And right before my sweet sixteen was planned, on nine eleven, I passed out and I was rushed to the ER. And after a bunch of things, like it came down to the fact that I was, you know, dehydrated or whatever, and I had a potassium deficiency. And at that point. My, we also had relatives come from India, and so my parents were really confused as to what happened because it was so random that, like, I, were, I, I passed out. Like, it was so random that I passed out, and I was actually at a football game when this happened, and I passed out at the football game, and I, had, I was rushed in the ER to the hospital because I was hyperventilating, and I just, um, I, my, it was just out of control, right? And from that point forward, uh, my parents were like, you know, like, you really have to stop doing marching band because we think that, like, marching band is the reason for your problems and you're going to have to quit marching band. And so after my sophomore year of high school, I actually ended up quitting um, marching band. I finished off the season, but I did quit after that just because... You know, I I was like, okay, like, all right. Like, if that's what you think it is, like, go ahead. Like, I'll do that. And still, no counselor, no conversation about mental health. Just still dealing with this whole, like, part of me that I would have these, like, random episodes. And, like, no one would know why. And neither did I. Like, I didn't know either. So, at this point, I've kind of, I was really down on myself. Like, I remember, like, I really put myself down a lot because... I didn't know, like, I didn't know what anxiety was, and nor did I ask for that help, or nor did I even take my mind there and think that, like, that's what was going on with me, um, and my parents just kept saying that it was, like, because I didn't eat enough, or I didn't exercise, and I didn't do this, that, and the other, and that's why I was having these random episodes, and if I would have taken care of myself more, then maybe I wouldn't have had them, and I just kind of adopted that like mindset like I was like okay like the problem is me the problem is that I don't take care of myself and this is just because of that and it's not like I didn't eat and it's not like I didn't take care of myself like I was active and I was doing stuff so I don't understand why I was like that and later down the road I came to understand like that I came to understand that of all the pressure that I put on myself to be something And to make my parents proud because I feel like a lot of immigrant children um, come to this mindset or I especially came to this mindset that like I had to prove myself to my parents because they gave me this amazing life. They made this life for me because they immigrated and they worked their butt off to get me all the things that I have now to give me a roof over my head, to give me food, to give me, you know, love and support. That I owed them to be something extraordinary, and I think in the Asian community it's so common to see parents, or not even parents, just like society itself or the Indian community, put this like kind of pressure to be something big and to be something um, to be something that like is respected and not to mess up in between all of that and not to and this idea of like you can't mess up and I always had this in my head that I couldn't mess up and I always had to be perfect and I always had to do things the way they were supposed to be done which is why I had my head and my feet and so many different things on on campus like I did so many different things that if I look back at it I didn't even enjoy half the things that I did because I did it because I was trying to fill that void in my head that I wasn't good enough that I wasn't good enough for my parents eyes and I needed to be something bigger than what was meant for me right and at the time I'm like 14 15 like How much bigger am I supposed to be? Like, I was supposed to live in those moments, and in those moments, I stressed about my future. I stressed about all the things that were out of my control, which led me to progressively get worse in my mental health. Like, my mental health just progressively got worse over my high school years, and not until um, my senior year of high school is when it actually boiled over and I was i later did get diagnosed with depression and anxiety um but up until that point like still like things were happening i was kind of just letting it happen and accepting my you know fate as it was and just trying my best to not let anything trigger me even though i didn't know any of my triggers because i did not have a counselor so i kind of just was going off of what i was reading online and what i was you know kind of putting together in my head by myself right And my ju, so so 10th grade uh, went like that, and then comes around my junior year in high school. And in my junior and my senior year of high school is when things really started to get bad. And I, in my junior year, in the ending of my junior year, um, I was um, sexually assaulted. And at that point, I didn't realize that that's what had happened to me and if you think about it like in retrospect like I had been already facing all these like mental health things and I had to quit you know marching band and things were just piling on top of each other and when this happened I physically could not take it and I kind of just blinked out of the moment and I spent the next three years after that in denial that that's what had happened to me and I accepted it as my fault and you know just like I accepted it as or the assault I accepted it as to be my mistake and that's what I went on with and I moved forward with my life not ever looking back at that moment because I didn't want to relive that moment ever again and in the time I knew I I had a feeling that what had happened was wrong but I never put a name to that and I never put I never labeled it as being sexually assaulted right and So then I moved on and I, in the beginning of my senior year is when I really started writing and I started to pour myself into writing because I just couldn't take it and I had no outlet for me. Like, I couldn't tell my parents that I was sexually assaulted or I couldn't tell my siblings or my friends that that's what had happened because I myself did not recognize it. And B, if I were to tell my parents or anything, then I know a thousand fingers would be pointed at me that I was the one... um, I was the reason that this happened to me because I was a girl and I messed up. And I think that was the biggest thing that I took away from that moment was that I messed up or... I put at the time that I thought that I had messed up and I had not like it was not my mistake and it was not my fault and I didn't realize this until recently so as I mentioned like this is when I started to get into writing and I had this little red notebook that I started writing in and the very first entry that I have is from August 20th 2017 and this is the starting of um, my senior year in high school and you know, like, before senior year starts, like, you have to do, you know, SAT and everyone's, like, trying to think about college and everything. So I put a lot of pressure on myself after the sexual assault to just pour myself into my SATs because I was avoiding the situation or avoiding dealing with those unresolved, that unresolved trauma that I put it into SAT practices and just worrying a lot about, um, my future. So I wanted to read a little bit from my, um notebook that I had written just because it it just it just because it reminds me of that moment and it, these were my genuine thoughts at the moment so the first entry in my notebook is from August 20th 2017 from at seven thirty nine p.m. so I, I write I decided that by writing I could release some of my anxiety and stress my SAT exam is in six days and I have like four days left in preparation I am extremely nervous and anxious. Being Indian and being the kind of person I am, I always want to do my level best. I want people to award me for my hard work. I've been working my butt off for the past two months or less. I just hope that my hard work pays off. I hope to score somewhere in the 1300s or 1400s, like between those two. It's not even that my scores will be the life of me. No matter what I get, I know my scores don't define me. They also don't define my future. I am strong. I am going to get good scores. I will do it. Vai Guru And... I as I continue to write um, more and more, you know, some of them were just um entries about what had what had happened in the day or whatever, but and this is the one where um this is the entry that really starts this is like the starting stages of my depression really, and this is in december December three. December the 3rd, 2017, so I write, you know when everything in your life seems confusing, like you don't know what, to, what way to go. In my class Friday, my teacher was telling me that there is a theory called the chain theory, and when we make a decision, a new chain arises. Every choice we make leads to other options slash chains. It's so funny and remarkable to look back at my life and see how I could have messed up if I hadn't made a certain choice. At this point, I realized that no matter what happens, being happy and caring for myself is what will help me get through life. And when I read more and more of these journal entries, I see how I was in so much denial and how I was running away from everything that was bothering me and I was pouring it into these, like, external things. And at the time, I also got into a relationship with someone who um, really took care of me and really, you know, gave me that sense of security. But I was running away from things and this person became that you know, it became that thing for me that I started to become dependent on to make me feel more secure because after that incident happened or the assault happened, I had lost that sense of security within myself and I was trying to find it in other people and other sources. I will continue this, um, this conversation in my next podcast in part two of this mental health um, series, I guess you can call it, and really go through some of the journal entries that I've written from being in depression and all of the stuff that happened leading up to me being diagnosed with depression and what it what kind of things I faced while I was in depression and also how I came I guess I came out of the closet and telling my parents that I had depression and their reactions and everything and how it's changed me as a person and um, why I'm such a big, why I am such a big mental health advocate. So if you are interested, then stay on the lookout for part two of this series, of this mental health series. And the last thing I want to say before I go um, is if you are someone who is dealing with something related to mental health do reach out and do connect with someone whether that's your friend your family your teacher someone because I know them more often than not people or someone that cares about you will help you and will help you get the help that you need and don't ever be afraid to reach out it doesn't show that you are weak it actually shows that you are strong that you are taking your mental health you are taking charge of your mental health and you are wanting to be on the road for recovery and never think to yourself that your problems are not justified just for the fact that your problems may not match someone else's problems or someone um, who is ha- who has it much worse than you. Your problems are justified in the moment that you are in and your feelings are justified and your emotions are justified. And with that, I will see you guys in my next one. Bye.